All right, McFarland Energy, thanks so much for sponsoring the Bradfoe Show. And uh, there's nobody who I'd rather talk to right now than Wyatt Mills, who the new member of the Boston Red Sox. First of all, Wyatt, how you doing? Good? I'm doing very well, thank you. All right, well, welcome. Welcome. I mean, it's, listen... I have not. I do not know what it's like to be traded as a, in uh, from one major league baseball team to another. You've had it happen a couple times. Can you take me through the day that you found out with the Red Sox uh, that you were going to be a member of the Red Sox? I mean, yeah, it's just it's the off season, so you never really know uh, what a, what a phone call is going to be. You know, when you see a GM calling you or a number that you don't have in your phone, but. You know, getting traded the first time, now I kind of understand, you know, what it's like. And it really is just a, a different group of people that sees something in you. Um, so it, it's it's a good feeling to be to be traded when you know that they, you know, the other team values you and wants you. But I was just in my room and took the call from the Royals GM. And um, they mentioned Boston. And I remember looking at my wife and <laughs> being very excited to travel across the country as far as we can. And see something <laughs> northeast and get to know what Boston has to offer because everyone that we've asked has had something amazing to say. Well, like you said, you you, you hail from Washington. You went to Gonzaga, um, which has burned me in almost every single NCAA bracket I've ever, ever had. So, so uh, you know. I'm sorry. Nah, well, uh, listen, I'm not alone. Actually, they, they've, they've redeemed themselves a little bit, uh, but, but you can't argue. Who was uh, – this is a random question, but who was when you were there? Who was the who was the hoop team made up of? Mm-hmm. I think it was like uh, Demontis Sabonis. And okay, all right, Williams. there you go. Yeah, that's a good one. So there you go. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if the baseball team and the hoop team like mingled or or, or crossed paths, but um, yeah. But I I have more faith in the Gonzaga baseball team than I do the basketball team. So, so there you go. <laughs> That's good as well. I support the baseball team, of course. <laughs> um, so, you know, so you talk about moving across country. Uh, I guess the first question is, what, have you been, uh, had any time in Boston? Have you had any time in the East Coast? Have you had any time in New England at all? Uh, just just three days uh, with Seattle this past season. Um, I was able to. Forgive me for not even knowing the streets, but there was there was a main street downtown that I was able to walk up and down for a couple hours. Other than that, I have not seen anything. Well, that's all right. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, whatever street it was, if you're spending a couple hours walking up and down it, it's probably a decent street. My guess, may, was there a lot of shops on it? Was it Newberry Street? Was it yes. okay? It was Newberry, thank oh, you for that. Listen, listen. First of all, if you get on Newberry Street. Uh, you must look athletic because they don't let people who don't look athletic, who aren't ready to buy some high-end stuff. So I don't know. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, that's that's where the beautiful people walk up. That streets where the beautiful people walk up and down. Um, but it's uh, it, listen. It's not. It's a good. You, there'll be more time to do that. I suggest that you take a duck boat tour. Um, I my dad was a history teacher, so I had to basically do the tours of. Uh, of, of the history of Boston over 
over and over and again. So if you want my ninety, my eighty-nine year old dad will be happy to uh, to brief you. But anyway, enough enough of the boss. We'll have time to do that. We'll have plenty of time to do that. But I do want to you know go sort of go through your path um, when you were like as you point out. Another team sees you. Another team values you. Another team trade for you. I mean, that's something. And and as you sort of progress, did you feel like that you had some momentum heading in when the 2022 season ended? Did you feel like you had some momentum, not only in terms of production, but also in terms of eyeballs, in terms of conversation, in terms of what people were, were, were talking about with you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm someone who just from the beginning of my whole career was a super late bloomer and, and not really aware of my ability. And I've, you know, since gaining maturity and, and years have gone by with lots of good people in my corner and major leaders to, to watch and learn from, um, I feel like I've progressed a lot, of, a lot as a professional baseball player and especially as, you know, just perfecting my craft as a pitcher. Um, I, I've had a lot of success in the minor leagues. I, I, even triple a as well I, I really have gotten a good sense of myself at that at that level and it really is just that next that next step to be a major leaguer and, and uh, eliminating all the distractions and being able to go execute my craft on the field um i've you know maybe the numbers haven't shown it in the major leagues but i feel like i have made such strides at that level and I'm really excited to see what I can do this year. So what is the thing that you did different this past year? Because we all evolve, right? I mean, I did something probably different last year than I did the year before the year before. What is something that sort of helped you evolve this past year? Yeah, really um, just throwing my fastball at the top of the zone. Being, being a, a low-slot sidearm pitcher, um, you know, I, I really am menacing against right-handed hitters, and, and left-handers have, have always seemed to see me better. But uh, my my uh, evolution has been throwing that fastball at the top of the zone, especially against left-handers. Uh, it's it's really helped me get swing and misses and and get them out, and that's really my job. So, when you talking about being a low slot pitcher? Um, you know, anytime you have a low slot pitcher like yourself, that you you talk about, well, is that where you started? Is that where you became? If you how you became that? How you found that slot? Who? Who was the person who guided you there? Was is there a story behind it, or again, is this just something the the, the way that you've already thrown? No, so no, my story started in college uh, at Gonzaga, where I came in as a freshman walk on and was a you know pretty standard over the top to three quarters right handed pitcher, and then pretty much wasn't going to play. I was told I was probably going to going to have to sit out the year in redshirt, um, and I just it didn't sit with me well, so I took one of my buddies, Hunter Wells, and we went out and played catch on the side field until I mustered up the courage to ask my coach to throw a bullpen sidearm. And hmm. from that day, I was a sidearmer, and I ended up making the team that year. And, and then I really grew into myself and my body and started throwing, you know, lower to mid-90s. And that's when the scouts started calling, and, and now here we are. So, so you literally just said, hey, listen, this isn't working out throwing this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, full, uh, you know, Tool around, tool around with it a little bit in the bullpen session, and then you start throwing. And you're like, "Okay, coach, you you have to see what I'm doing here. You know, this is this is a little bit different from what what I was showing you before. That is that a correct synopsis of it? That is a correct synopsis. Ooh, yeah. nice. I like it. 
I, 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 yeah. I, you know, there, there you go. I mean, I mean, put that on the bumper stickers. If you, if everybody said I'm adaptable, then that, that, that would, that would go a long way to, for everybody to be employed. Honestly. I mean, that's all anyone needs to say. <laughs> The, the uh, you know, one thing also I is that you, uh, you, you're coming into a team. You're just making me think about this. You know, I don't know how much you've watched the Red Sox or know the Red Sox pitchers, but you know, you have some unique deliveries. You have Tanner Houck and a guy who really jumped out last year and John Schreiber, who who sort of has that sort of arm slot. Um, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to talk to the Red Sox people, or if you looked at anything, or you're just dealing, you know, you're just working out, you're worried about yourself, worried about that when you get to Fort Myers. But do you, do you have any familiarity with those guys? Well, I definitely know Shriver came onto the scene, and I always pay attention to, to you know, low slot sidearm guys. And uh, when I was on Kansas City this last year, he, he came in against us a couple times. So, I was able to see him. I'm able to see his ridiculous numbers he put up, and I'm excited to work with him and learn from him. Maybe he learns through me. You never know. Uh, and then Tanner Houck as well. I played with uh, in Team USA in 2019, so we're familiar. So I'm excited to rekindle that relationship as well. I was going to save that. I, I knew that that you went on that trip not only with Tanner Houck but Bobby Dahlback, right? Yeah, with Bobby as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So I remember asking Bobby this. I said, you know, I, I went to Japan uh, and do that with the Red Sox back in 2008 when they went there. And, you know, they, people say, well, what do you remember? I said, well, I remember you don't tip people. Um, that's number one. Um, I went to the Tokyo Tower. I remember seeing a monkey on stilts and, uh, and the sushi was really fresh. That was, that was what I remember. Um, what Bobby remembered was going to some haunted house next to the stadium. I mean, uh-huh. I don't know if, if if you have if if that would be your answer for what you remember from that trip or not. But what do you remember from that trip? Well, I remember first off, I I do remember the haunted house, and that still <laughs> to this day is the scariest haunted house I've ever been a part of. And I have told this story of the haunted house to a lot of people just because of how incredible it was. It was just all dark, and you just have these flashlights, and you have to look around the rooms and find the next door to go through, and it was all <laughs> it just... It really had you on, your, on the edge of your seat the whole time. Um, but I remember taking the train everywhere. Every, everywhere you could go in the city, there was a train, and then we were able to even take a bullet train, which is one of the faster ones in the world, um, out to the countryside of Japan and see some samurai castles. So that's, that's kind of what I remember, but it was an amazing trip. Were you hanging with like those guys? Were you hanging with Dahlbeck or Hauk? Or I mean, it's no, it's no, nothing against them if you weren't. I'm just wondering if you, if you were like in the same haunted house tour as as Bobby. You know, we we did things as a team in groups of teams, so they might have been there. I don't remember if they were exactly there, but uh, yeah, Bobby and I definitely had the same experience at the haunted house. I can tell you that. Uh, there you go. There you go. If nothing else, so we have two down. We have now. We'll have. Uh, 24 to go to give to, to have the unique haunted house experience, but it's, it's, uh, um, so when you talk about sort of, you know, I, I love talking about sort of the evolution of baseball and, and sliders and, and pitches. And like you said, elevating in the zone and everything else like that. 
when you did get to when you go to the minors and you get to the majors, what is the thing that you feel like sort of you started seeing? Like you said, oh, I saw Schreiber, or I see this guy, or I see that guy, and maybe it's something that that you really want to implement heading into 2023. But what are you seeing in baseball that that you are adjusting to, or you think that you need to adjust to? Because, you know, I'll give you one thing. Like, so, for instance, I remember talking to um, a couple of the Red Sox pitchers, including Tanner, about how, you know, he actually, you know, he has this insane slider, right? I mean, crazy slider. But he actually had to, he had lost the feel for it. So he goes to the Whirly Bird slider midway through the year, uses that for a little bit, finds the grip, and then comes back. Um, I don't know if there's, again, if there's any examples that you've like, oh, that, that's interesting. Maybe that, that's something that's going to play. Yeah, so over the last, well, I guess my whole career, I, I really just kind of flung a slider up there uh, without really, you know, having a focus on what I was doing. And it really didn't, I didn't yield that much damage on it, but I know that there was just so much more, so many more things I could I could do with the slider and so many strides I could take really manipulating the ball. Like the whirly bird is, is being able to spin it and have it take off and maximize the horizontal movement on it and i really over this past season have have learned how to manipulate the ball and to spin the ball and i'm I'm excited to continue working on it and and show up and be able to consistently spin the ball um where in the past it's been like 50 50 some of them some of them take off some of them kind of back up like a bullet spin and just stay stay straight but that's that's also added to why it's kind of hard to hit me because you don't you don't know what's coming at you but I think, yeah, narrowing down that consistency and getting a slider that moves like Houck's is kind of my goal. Well, there you go. I mean, if there was only someone named Tanner Houck on your team, oh, there is. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's good. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what this is all about, right? I mean, there's, I, I don't know. We have, uh, we have plenty of examples of this over the last couple of years. We have um, Garrett Whitlock. He, he learned in spring training his changeup from, from Matt Andrees. Um, you know, in in the, and then he used that, and then he fine tuned it with Michael Walker. This is this is stuff that's great, man. I love the I love like being able to to get into uh, spring training and like, hey, you know, I learned this, I picked this up, I started throwing it, and boom, it became an elite pitch. So I, you know, there you go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna predict you're gonna have an elite slider this year. So I I like that prediction, and, <laughs> and yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, everybody's story has people that have influenced them and get, you know, it's pretty much this player, that coach, this player, that coach and down the line. So but that is how it happens. And that's how we get better. Who is, uh, who is someone you played with? You felt like did that? Like, obviously, you know, Kansas city doesn't have a ton of veteran guys, but you know, was there any in your, in your travels, has anyone really left an impact? And it doesn't even have to be sort of a specific pitch. Maybe it's a way about going about doing things. Maybe it's like, this is how, you know, I stayed in the major leagues this long. Any, anybody really jump out at you? I, I think, I mean, there's, there's lots of guys, but I think with my time in Seattle, Paul Seawald was kind of stepping on into the scene and, and kind of created himself uh, there. And we both have this vertical approach angle, and and he really had the mindset after having five plus years, you know, up and down, working his way, trying to you know establish a role. Uh, and just watching him and learning from him, NCL has been a lot of help. And also Sergio Romo for a couple months in Seattle helped me as well. Well, he's the whirly bird guy, right? I mean, he's the guy, uh-huh. right? 
So did he say, hey, yes. you got you to learn this? I mean, have you tried that? No, I actually haven't tried that. I, I have been shown that, and, and uh, I guess I've thrown it a couple times in practice, but I do have I have one that's kind of similar uh, that, I, that I like right now. But, look, I mean, I'm open-minded. I know Boston's open-minded, so we'll go into spring training and, and figure it out right away. That's what spring training's for. It's for free T-shirts yes. and being open-minded about pitchers. <laughs> um, yes, and I, I got a I got a free T-shirt for you, by the way. Baseball isn't boring, so there you go. It's, it's you'll love it. I'll accept it. Uh, oh, of course, everybody everybody you'll see. Everyone's wearing one down there because they want to pretend like they like the message. Baseball isn't boring, but we we actually mean the message. Um, but you, you you had said something about you. So I should have looked this up, but when you were in Kansas, were you in Kansas City when the Red Sox came to Kansas City in early August? Yes. So you were there for the most bizarre play of the entire season. Oh man, remind me. Okay, so it was the um, home run that hit off uh, in left field. Oh man, Salvador Perez hit a home run. Oh yeah, and it hit a thing where. It's, Nobody in Kansas City knew existed. Like, I walked out there, Wyatt, and I'm like, why is this a home run? It was to the left of the foul pole, and there's, like, a line painted on top of this little cube on the wall. Do you remember this? If you don't, that's okay. I'll move on. Yeah, but. no, I remember this. I remember the controversy behind it. I don't, I don't remember the outcome of it. Was it, it, was it, it was a home right run. Call, it was a home run. Because it, 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 was it, it the right call? Yeah, it was the right call, but there was, like, a, wow. it was bizarre because – even the people who had been that Coffin Stadium, like we didn't even know that little cube existed. It's to the left uh-huh. of the foul pole. So anyway, my my favorite memory from Kansas City last year. <laughs> so um, the um, but when when you look at when you look at what you want to do heading into this year, um, and I'm going to ask you in a second about because one of the things that we have done on this podcast this off season is that we said, listen, we don't know if what the team's going to look like. We don't know how many games you're going to win, but we're going to make sure that the, the bullpen has the best walk-in music in the American League. So we've already gotten Schreiber's walk-in music. We've already gotten Zach, Zach Kelly's walk-in music. Barnes already has good walk-in music. I'm going to ask you in a second about your walk-in music, whether it's starter, reliever, whatever it is. So, um, but, so when, you, when you come into this year, uh, having been sort of like, what is that like when you come into a new team? You've done it before. When you come into a new team, you know Dahlbeck, you know uh, Hauk. I don't know if you – do you know anybody else there? I don't think so. No, nobody – no other uh, – what, what is what is Gonzaga's – I always forget their conference. What is that? It's the West Coast Conference. West Coast so Conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – there you go. Nobody, no other, no other West Coast conference. <laughs> but when you come in there, take me through what, like, what you want to do. Like, is it like, hey, just I'm just going to lay low here in the corner and just, as you said, sort of evolve? Um, or you know, you obviously want to make a good first impressions. First impressions are important. What's that like going to a team? What is it going to be like for you? I, uh, I feel like I've always done well. Um, like I said, I'm adaptable, you know, just joining, joining a new culture and, and basically work workspace. You know, these are my, these are my coworkers. So I'm, I just be a nice dude and show that I'm, I'm here to, to work hard and, and show that by, you know, working in the weight room and 
picking their brain about pitching and show that I'm committed to, you know, helping this team win games. Uh, really, really just focus on my craft and what I need to work on. And uh, I feel like that's all I can do. I think you just hit, you've, you've summarized how you're going to succeed already. You said you're adaptable and uh, you just try to be a good dude. I mean, there's, there you go. We, yeah. And so the third, the third, every science would suggest the third part of that equation is having good walking music. What is yours? <laughs> Okay, so I mean, I, I'm a big music guy, but I, I always have chosen not to to choose just because I feel like I haven't really earned the right yet. But if I, I really just want to make the fans excited, mm. you know, I don't really need to get pumped up. I'm I'm trying to focus on my execution and 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 get ready for for pitching in the game. But I want the fans to have a good time. I don't really know what Boston's into, but. Um, well, I guess I'm open. Well, open I like, see, but. see, that's the perfect answer because you're a blank canvas and that's what we're here for. Yes. And, um, and like you said, like we, we literally, so we did a show on the radio with Schreiber and we had people call in and I can tell you why, man. Oh, it was like awesome. It was two hours of people calling in with music suggestions and a lot of them were <laughs> awesome. He ended up with a mud shovel, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but I would, yeah, I am going to, if it's all right, I will help you find what you have to tell me what you like. So, so Timmy Trumpets is already taken. Uh, Felix <laughs> Batista already has the Omar from the wire whistle. Um, you okay. can't, you can't do shipping up to Boston. Cause that's Papelbon's thing going back. Uh-huh. Um, what, what do you like? Like what, what are we drawing from here? Well, I mean, I, I do like everything. I definitely, I definitely just listen to dance music, but um, I don't know if that's what the crowd's feeling. I, I can also talk to Shriver too. If he has all of these, all of these uh, song requests, yes. maybe I just take his number two. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I am going to text him right after this is done, <laughs> and I am we're, we'll, we'll we'll start that conversation. But I like the fact that Perfect. I like the fact that your your motivations are to get the fans inside because when we've gone through this, we've sort of uh, as Zach Kelly has has articulated. I think it was just two weeks ago. He said there is a science to it because you got to have you got you know you got to have a lead in. It's not like you can, you can peak too early when you're walking in. You know, it's like when you got to yes. peak when you're throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there you go. We'll find something. I know we'll find something. Um, you have any nicknames? No. You know, no, nothing's there. Nothing that's really stuck. Well, why? Why? <laughs> Maybe, what? And that's okay. That could be created too. Blank oh, canvas. like you can't blank canvas. I love it. Um, look at <laughs> you pitching nicknames, music. This is going to be a great year for you. I know it. And why? Uh, why it? Uh, so why are you named after anybody? <laughs> No, the only thing that's unique about it is my my actual first name is Greg, and that's my dad's name. Uh, just a generational, you know, five generations on my dad's side, GWM initials. So that's why I'm, my name's Wyatt, but I go by my middle name. Okay. When do you, you do that? Right out of the gate? Right out the gate, yeah. Okay. And so, like, no, there's no, like, Wyatt Earp stuff or nothing? That's the only other Wyatt. Well, I mean, I, no, I definitely, get, I definitely get the Wyatt Earp treatment all the time, yeah. Okay, I, what 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 exactly is the white herb treatment? I mean, when you walk into a room and you haven't ever met the person, and they call you herb, you know, just out of nowhere, and you're like, all right. Well, I, it doesn't seem like that's a thing for you, so I will not do that. And, and I'll spread the word that nobody do that. Don't do that. Come uh, February. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so that you don't, you do not want herb as your nickname. 
No, Earp, Earp works. It really, it's not about me. It's about you guys. All right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll workshop it. I like it. So, um, all right. Well, this is great. I, I, I appreciate it. You sound like you're going to fit in great um, both on the field and off. And and, um, and I, I look forward to many times where we have some fun on the podcast. And I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm excited, obviously, to to get better here at Boston, in Boston, learn about the Northeast, and see what Boston has to offer, explore around, um, and, and help with this team win some games. All right, only four more hours of walking up and down Newberry Street, then you, then you'll have the whole thing. Yeah. So. That means that means I'm that means I'm beautiful, right? Yeah, it is, it is true. Believe me, if you if you weren't before, if they let you on Newberry Street for four hours, you know you got something going on. So there you go. I appreciate why. Thanks so much. Yeah, 